What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk the latest in the NBA as well as sprinkling in some of our own mild to spicy takes here and there. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. It's February 16th. My name's Kiefer Mendoza, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, Pat Mahomes is now a two-time champion, and I have a question. Does this make him the GOAT? What? How would that make him the goat? <laughs> I know you're just trying to get at me, but oh my goodness. No, he's not even in the ballpark. Oh man, that that's been a legitimate thing that I've seen on on Twitter and all the all the feeds though. Is is Pat Pat Mahomes the goat? I almost said Pat Williams just now. Complete complete different uh completely different person and um legacy, but uh, I, I I was just messing around. I just want to see what Ryan, who is a if if you don't know, he's a longtime Pats fan, had to say about this all this talk about Patty being goaded <laughs> after that Super Bowl win. I don't how I mean how I wouldn't even say like top ten yet. Like he's talented, <laughs> but oh my gosh, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> well, I gotta say it was it was an incredible game. Uh, for it to end on a call like that was really disappointing. But what can you do? I'm not you know. That's not that's not new news, but I was I was really bought into that game, even though I didn't really have a a dog in the fight. Um, I just enjoyed the the offensive uh, performances that we saw. Jalen Hurts, mm. man, didn't really like him beforehand, but he's he really killed it. Um, he seems like a cool dude. I mean, I yeah, can get behind him for sure. All right, so let's get to the NBA. We're an NBA podcast. So Ryan, we've officially arrived to the All Star break. Um, well, by the time people listen to this, we'll have arrived. Uh, last week, we talked about the craziness that was the trade deadline, and I want to discuss some of our first impressions and our initial reactions to what we have seen so far from the teams that made significant trades in the league. Um, one of them was the Suns, and we won't talk about them today just because Kevin Durant hasn't even played for them yet. He's, he's injured. Um, but Ryan, let's start with the Lakers because I want to get them out of the way. I've already seen far too much um, talk about the Lakers just because they won a game last night, um, but they obviously made a lot of a lot of moves in the trade deadline. Uh, LeBron sat out for a few games following the Thunder game where he broke the scoring record, but he returned last night against the Pelicans. Lakers won 120 to 102, so they go into All Star break with a W on their minds. Um, the Lakers' new roster with LeBron back, they look promising now. You know, uh, last night. Uh, Braun, AD, and D'Lo all scored 20-plus points. And they're role players. They did exactly what they were brought in to do. Uh, Malik Be- Beasley, he only went two for seven, but um, I saw that he was plus 15 in just his 23 minutes that he played. Vanderbilt uh, played some really good defense on Brandon Ingram. Mo Bamba fouled out in 16 minutes, but in that 16 minutes, he picked up six rebounds and three blocks. Um, so the Lakers are only two games out of the 10 seed, um, which is is really crazy how close this race is because I felt like on, in a normal season where it wasn't this close, they would probably be already, you know, guaranteed out of the playoffs. Um, but they're only two games out of the play-in and then only three and a half games out of the sixth seed, which would obviously guarantee them a playoff spot. Um, but, Ryan, I think these new Lakers, this, these new-look Lakers look promising. What do you think? Yeah, dude, I think I've watched both their games, uh, like both their games since all these significant trades went through against the Warriors and the Pelicans. And, they look super sloppy, but you can kind of see like the bones of it. Like you can kind of see like how this team could take shape. I really like Jared Vanderbilt's role in this team. Um, interested to see though. I don't know if you've seen everything that started kind of breaking right before we started potting about Anthony Davis and 
Uh, there's been a lot of rumors that he might be looking to get out, how him and LeBron have been feuding, you know. Like, you know, LeBron had that little clip during his game uh, where he set the scoring record where he was caught on camera saying, you know, you know, I love you to AD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> like, Weird <laughs> so, vibes. So, so, <laughs> know, like, a, I don't know, like an uneasy relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything's going to derail this team, I think it's going to be that. But these pieces, I mean, it's like we said on the, the trade pod, you know, last time, these pieces make sense for the team. Um, they look pretty good. They are like two and six or something like that in games that Russ hasn't played for them this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, be be really interested to see like kind of who is coming off the bench and giving them some scoring there. But, you know, I like it so far. Yeah, it's the unfortunate. What, what's happening right now with AD is, is the unfortunate uh, outcome of what happens with so many LeBron teams, I, I think, is the just the weird tension and. I think it's going to be the same sort of thing with um, any Luka teams um, where the offense relies so much on these guys and really not just the offense, but the entirety of the team's identity relies on this huge personality in LeBron. And I feel like AD for those first couple of years, especially like that, that, you know, 2020 where they won the championship, it, it seemed like this was a really awesome pairing and they, they are basketball wise but I feel like AD has kind of, in a way, maybe gotten gotten sick of all the, you know, the attention that they have gotten, whether negative or positive, and how when it's negative, it's almost like, even if this is not fair, when it's negative, it's everyone else's fault but LeBron's. And then when it's positive, it's all about how great LeBron is. Um, so I feel like that, that would be hard for anybody to yeah. to deal with especially a, a player at the level of Anthony Davis who's probably the be- LeBron's best teammate um obviously D-Wade is is probably a better player overall but at the time that they play with him I think AD has been uh LeBron's best teammate so far so really really tough to live in kind of the shadow of of LeBron James and and in LA so that adds a whole nother level to it yeah, people have been saying like the street clothes comments are like really starting to get under his skin, but it's also like uh, just play. Like you can easily yeah. avoid these comments. <laughs> There's an out kind of built in for you. And I do wonder, like, you know, you mentioned Luca. I wonder if these guys who are both the primary scorer and the primary like playmaker and distributor, I wonder if it's just like something to do with building your team around guys like that because it like opens up. 14 other dudes on the roster to being the problem any given night because it makes it so hard like you, know, you can look at some teams where like they just have like a heliocentric score like james harden rocket teams and stuff like that um like damian lillard in portland it's like this guy is their best scorer and then it's like it's easy to kind of pin like the highs and lows of that team on that one player but when somebody does so much more for your team it becomes this whole like just pressure cooker that you know you see with LeBron teams all the time where it's like constantly that LeBron needs help even though he might have dozens of future Hall of Famers on his team at that given mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So let's let's talk speaking about Luca, um let's talk about the Mavericks. So for the first two games of Kyrie as a Mav, Luca was out, but Kyrie he kind of just perfectly fit in with the other pieces of of that Dallas team. They got two wins with Luka out and Kyrie in. But since Luka returned, the two of them sharing the court has led to two losses. Uh, Kyrie sat out their last game due to some back soreness, I believe. 
Uh, the Mavs lost to the Nuggets, um, who, to be fair, the, the Nuggets are the best team in the West record-wise right now. But, Ryan, what are you seeing with this Mavs squad post-Kyrie? Um, it's it's not like a whole groundbreaking take that I have, but, you know, they it, it's interesting to me because I thought that Kyrie would just basically be a better Jalen Brunson for this team, and that team got to the Western Conference Finals last year. But so far it's really looking like they're having a hard time guarding anybody. Um, I mean, these games are like in the 130 to 120 kind of range. And keeping up that kind of scoring pace is like, I mean, it's just not sustainable for a whole season. You know, they don't really have anyone on the interior. They don't have anyone. They don't like have consistent wings. I mean, I've pulled for all their wings, like, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock and all these guys. Um, And it, like, they'll give you like a good, just like random, you know, 25, like once every three weeks, but there's a lot of bad games in between. And so that's why I just don't think that's super sustainable with the way that this team is made up right now. It feels like they at least need one more piece. Somewhat ironically, that piece, the piece that would be most perfect for them right now would be Anthony Davis. Um, But they need somebody inside who can, who can at least contest guys when they're going to the rim. Um, That would, help shore up a, a lot of these uh, players just blowing by the other four players in the rotation at any given moment. What are you seeing? Yeah, I, it's it's all the same things. You know, the Mavs defense, um, when it comes to – I think with, with the with the regular season, they, they'll be able to get by and maybe go pretty even, maybe a little bit better than that for the rest of the regular season. But when the playoffs come and the Mavericks are going up against – um, the Lakers or the Nuggets with these dominant big men, you know, Christian Wood, he has been a, a good offensive pickup, but the man can't, can't guard anybody, you know, that's his size. Um, can't guard anybody that's, that's smaller than him. You know, he's, he's just not a great, he, he's just a, he's a, he's a big defensive liability for that team. Um, and to be, you know, the, such a key part of that team, it's funny that the the Mavs front office thinks that the best way to address this is to uh, work out Lamarcus Aldridge, as we saw that reported a few <laughs> days ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if a of a thirty seven, thirty eight year old Lamarcus Aldridge is going to stop a prime three time MVP, possibly, um, in Jokic from cooking. So, yeah, I think the defense is going to be a huge issue in the playoffs. They they have enough offense to get by some games in this regular season. But whenever another team has them for a seven-game series and they get to um, adjust and plan around that specific – the specific duo of uh, Luka and Kyrie, then outside of that, you know, where else are the, are the Mavs going to go? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this team. But if and, – and then I'm kind of looking into the future. So, like, if – Kyrie, you know, I don't think that they'll be successful this postseason, but if Kyrie decides, hey, this this might be a place where I think that we have some potential if we continue to build, um, that news that you're talking about with Anthony Davis feeling a little unsettled, one of the names that I saw was um, Anthony Davis to the Mavericks. Like, that, that's that been a something that I've seen reported a couple times, you know, on Twitter through different sources. And so, like you said, Anthony Davis would be that perfect fit in that um, in that offense and that defense, he would be able to uh, solve a lot of their problems. So maybe, you know, I know with how good Luca is, and especially where Kyrie has Kyrie is in at this point in his career, they're probably both thinking like, we want to win now, but it might be a little more delayed than this season. 
Um, but I think that they could make some make some sort of move. And, you know, I don't know what they're how how much they'll be able to acquire through trades, but maybe in free agency. I don't know anybody. I can't really think of you know who's going to be available. But they they need to make a, a another move for a third star if they're going to do anything. A third star that is that is a defensive presence in some way because Luca and Kyrie just just really aren't that. And then everybody else on that team not really defensively capable either so we'll see how that that all plays out so one team that we don't talk about a ton on this pod you know for for good reason but I I wanted to give their their flowers today is the Minnesota Timberwolves so the deadline saw them trade away D'Angelo Russell and get back Mike Conley in return um, which is actually proven to be through these first few games, at least, a really good thing for Rudy Gobert, who previously played with Mike Conley in Utah. Um, the, the T-Wolves took down the Mavs a few nights ago in a game where Ant dropped 32, and then Rudy went 9 for 9, scoring 21 points and grabbing 14 rebounds. Um, this roster has had its issues, and, and we've roasted them a time or two. You know, We'll, we'll, we'll be the first to admit it. But um, what I've seen, and I genuinely think, is that without Cat, this roster is probably at its best – and we've talked about, you know, we've talked about a little bit of them trading Cat away and, and getting as much value they can on him. Um, but that might just be something for them to think about this offseason. I think Ant is clearly the number one option. So the question that they I feel like they need to address is how can they maximize and build around Anthony Edwards and, you know, take Cat and the value that he has right now. He's injured right now, so he hasn't played, but take the value that he has right now and get more pieces that fit around Ant. You know, the Rudy Gobert trade was not, like, nobody's favorite trade, but right now they're stuck with well, they're stuck with Rudy. No one else is going to want to trade for Rudy. It's, it's not looking like they're going to be able to get off that, that contract. Um, they're not going to be able to get off Rudy Gobert. So while, while, you have this, while you have him, a really good defensive center who, without Cat, actually functions a little bit more effectively Get get the pieces that you need around Ant around Rudy um, by trading Cat away. I think is is what they'll need to think about. Any thoughts on the T Wolves? Yeah, I think the best version of this team is to keep uh, keep Cat and Anthony Edwards together. The problem is uh, that's obviously not feasible post Rudy Gobert trade and with Rudy Gobert's contract. So that's why so much of the talk is about having to move Cat. And I mean they have played well. I, I think they were probably a better constructed team last year with like a Jared Vanderbilt kind of situation at the five. Uh, you need you need guys who are, you know, guys who can move around and can shoot. Uh, I think Kyle Anderson's done a great job kind of filling that cat role. But I think sort of the reverse at the big man situation where you have cat as the, the spacing shooting guy, and then you have like a more, you know, lanky and athletic center um, who can sort of handle more of the, the rim protection is, is probably the best construction of this team. But I know, like, you know, the question is basically what should they do and, and they can't just move on from Ricky Gobert because, like, who would want them? And they traded so much to get him. It's just, you know, can't do that. So, yeah, I think uh, moving on from Cat, I think his best days are probably somewhere else. I think there's a lot of teams that he can provide that spacing and scoring, uh, that rebounding from. You know, he's not going to give you much on the defensive end. But for teams that – might already have sort of like a, a situation locked up, you know, maybe a team that has a guy with a really high block percentage, like a Mitchell Robinson, they could use, they could use Carl Anthony Towns services, somebody who can score 
um, you know, sort of in, in that sort of a, a way to, you know, not going to start fantasizing about lineups, but it'd be really nice. Um, or even somebody like the Pacers, you know, there's like a lot of teams out there that kind of like need that sort of big man to sort of like pair alongside somebody else who is a good defender who can sort of like spell all the things that Carl Anthony Towns can't do super well. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it's definitely been interesting. I'm not going to lie and tell you that I've watched any Timberwolves games or that I will watch any Timberwolves games unless they're playing a team that's, you know, fun to watch or like my team or something. But yeah, I, I think that the future, I think you're correct. The future for this organization has to involve um, basically that sort of um, spacing for, I, I really do think that they could get by with like just adding, you know, an extra wing adding maybe a point guard who is not pushing 40. Um, I think Mike Conley can definitely be a selfless selfless player off the bench. But uh, building this roster around Anthony Edwards is clearly the only path forward for this organization. So got to send Cat somewhere. Yeah. So who says no? Golden State, Minnesota. Cat for Wiggins straight up. I don't know how that works out financially, but just say it does work out. What an ironic trade, cat for <laughs> right. Wiggins. I thought you were gonna say back like, to Minnesota. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like cat for Draymond, which would be such a fun <laughs> team. Both teams would be like significantly more fun to watch. Oh, um, cat for Wiggins, man. I don't know that he's not giving you much on the defensive end. But <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, like Andrew Wiggins has flourished so much in in Golden State. Like I'd hate to send him back like the dark ages or whatever <laughs> so i'm saying no to that trade yeah i feel like wiggins yeah wiggins he he was so close to just being a complete flame out and then he gets resurrected by golden state and then if he gets called up like hey hey man you're going back to minnesota where you were just miserable and you know everyone just gave up on you. He would probably just retire at that point. <laughs> he's a champion. He's he's done what he need, he's needed to do. He's like, no, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, he turned like one of the worst contracts in the NBA into like arguably a bargain deal during the oh, NBA yeah. finals last year. Just crazy. <laughs> All right, Ryan, I know you've been waiting, man. Give us your Knicks update. And my question <laughs> is, was the Josh Hart move the best move of the deadline? <laughs> Well, I mean, he dropped 27 points. Uh, I don't know if anyone's watched any Knicks games since the trade deadline. We have played uh, both of our most hated rivals, played the Nets and beat them by like 20, played the Hawks. I turned it off when we were up by like 30 at one point last night. I think they closed the gap a little bit, but uh, Josh Hart looks amazing, dude. He's basically just taking Quentin Grimes' spot in the rotation, which is super sad because I like Quentin Grimes, and he's only in his second year, so I hate that Tibbs will just sit him on the bench now. But, uh, you know, Josh Hart, he dropped 27 in that first game, just hitting threes out of nowhere, which he hasn't really done since he was, like, on the Lakers, basically, like his like, first couple years. Um, looks awesome playing, you know, his defensive rating is somewhere in, like, 103 right now. Um, obviously, the two Knicks games haven't factored heavily into that, but he is a crazy defender, dude. I'm loving this lineup. Um, you know, rolling into the All-Star uh, weekend, Knicks are the sixth seed, so just straight up in the playoffs, not even in the play-in game, uh, looking really good on a winning streak. I'm, I'm a huge fan. But as you know, and, and I just have to go ahead and hit this, um, I, I came into this season talking about how Julius Randle was going to have uh, a much more similar year to the year that he had two years ago. 
and here he is. He's an all-star. He's he's in the three-point contest this weekend. Um, it, he is he's looking amazing. He's looking unlocked, as I said he would, with a quality point guard like he has at every stop in his entire career. And I just feel like it's only appropriate that the uh, point guard who brought back all-star Julius Randle, the point guard who, you know, over, over the last, like, two months is averaging 31 points a game, I feel like that guy mm. should have been in the all-star game. And he's just not because Tyrese Halliburton is. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton catching strays on deep two. <laughs> I'd be walking around my house talking. Oh, I mean, there's like a whole Tyrese Halliburton like Knicks beef right now, which I hate because I like mm. Tyrese Halliburton so much. Man, yeah, that's tough. You you did predict it, man. You you we we may have doubted you and and your predictions for these for these Knicks guys at the beginning of the season, but you you were pretty spot on. <laughs> so. Shifting over to to my team, the the Chicago Bulls. I just want to read this. I saw this on StatMuse tweeted this today, and I, I knew this because I've obviously follow follow my team. The Bulls last five games, we have scored eighty nine points, scored eighty nine points again, scored ninety one points. Three straight games, less than a hundred points. We lost to the Nets without Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. So basically, Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. Mm. Uh, beat us and then we blew a 24 point lead this is i listen i've been a a bulls fan for over a decade now and we've had some really low moments you know there were there were moments in college and i know you know this there were moments in college where i was aggressively rooting for paul zipser to (laughs) to win us win us our 20th game of the season but for, for somehow this is probably the most miserable season that I've seen as a Bulls fan because even like I, I tweeted this, but like everyone knew that defensively this team would not be good. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic never have been um, ideal defenders, you know, number one defenders on any of their teams. But when you think about offensively, these are all guys who at some point in their career have been elite scorers, you know, Vucevic on the Magic, he was putting up, he was an all-star like several times. He was putting up 25, 25 and 10 constantly. You have Zach Levine, who's just a laser from three, super athletic. You have DeMar DeRozan, obviously one of the uh, better mid-range scorers, one of the best mid-range scorers of our of our generation. So you have these three guys who are offensive juggernauts, and we haven't, we've had three straight games in the past five games where we haven't even broke 100 points. It's just, it's miserable. That I think it's the the potential. Like when when it was the Paul Zipser and Nikola Mirotic teams, like I didn't have any expectations. That was just fun. I get to watch these guys who nobody else knew about and have have a fun time. But this is like, no, we should be a five six seed. We should be winning games um, at least to the level of of being somewhat competitive. And it's just not that at all. It's just miserable, man. I I just have not not experienced Bulls basketball this miserable before, even in the the pits of of tanking and um just having nobody on our team it's it's just it's like there's so much hope and potential but it's just Mm. unfulfilled which is really tough it's like uh ted lasso says it's the hope that gets you i think that's why it's so (laughs) tough it's like uh you know it it's like with those bulls teams when you were telling me all about denzel valentine and kirk heinrich (laughs) it's like you knew that they weren't going to be good it's just and i know this feeling too i know this feeling all too well it's the like you know your team is bad and they're going to be bad for a few more years. 
So you just look for like the little nuggets where it's like, hey, this guy, you know, Doug McDermott, mm-hmm. he might be good one day. Um, and he was bad for both of our teams and for Zach's team, if you're listening. And and like everyone's team. But I, I get it. It's it's just that proximity to having a good team that makes it so much harder. You know, and I do you think like there's a thing that I've been thinking about lately, and it's the like mid 2010s magic team, which is like a, a pretty bad group of guys to think about a lot but it's like remember every trade deadline for like three years it was like you know is the, are they going to blow it up or whatever and they were like perennially one of the worst teams in the league like every single season and it was like you know they're asking so much for Vucevic and for Mario Hazonia and for Evan Fournier and for El- Elford Payton and I remember Bill Simmons saying on his pod one time it was like if all these guys are worth so much why is this like one of the bottom two teams in the league and and I just think about that a lot. And I think maybe Booch just was never that guy, you know? Maybe he was he was just the best guy on a really bad team. Um, because I mean most of like two of those four guys I just mentioned aren't even in the NBA anymore. I mean, and Evan Fournier hasn't logged a minute since like November for my team. So yeah, I saw Alex Caruso's uh, points per minute is second lowest in the NBA. That stat muse tweeted that this morning. He's averaging a quarter of a point per minute. Um, that's like the saddest stat I've ever heard <laughs> and there's like a whole thing that people have been diving into this year where like guys who are on bad defensive teams but are good defenders like have to overcompensate so much that like their scoring efficiency just like plummets and I think that that's what's happening to Alex Caruso is that like he is basically 100% defensive minded 24-7 uh, to try to make that for, for the team but that's that's sad man there's like your team has so many likable dudes. Like I want mm-hmm. them to do well, and I want them to do well for you. So I kind of, <laughs> by proximity, feel that where it's like, ah, oh, man, yeah, this this team should be good. Well, there's no hope on the horizon, but I'll just, I'll I'll hang on to some sort of semblance of of maybe one day we'll we'll be back to our D Rose Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you know, I, I take I take Pau Gasol th- those days over this right now would, would you take <laughs> all those guys exit. right now over this <laughs> i would 100 <laughs> percent. even if they even if they performed worse just to have d rose and jimmy butler back on my team yeah. i would i would rather have that <laughs> just give you all the 2015 bulls but in their current state so like <laughs> Taj gibson from right now <laughs> oh man i want i want i want joakim noah to come back and exactly how he is right now would <laughs> be awesome all right, so to close out this episode, we are going to assume the roles of all-star captains and draft our all-star team for this year. So um, a couple of rules. There are some injured players who have been subbed out, so we won't take those who are injured, and that's Stephen Curry, KD, Zion Williamson. Um, we'll keep people like Kyrie in here. I know Kyrie, he did sit out the last game, but I'm not sure if he'll be unavailable for the all-star game, so we'll operate as if he was. So, so basically... Um, we have the list of all the all-stars minus those who are injured and will miss the game. And we're going to just go back and forth and try to see who can come up with the best team. So Ryan, as always, I'm gifting you with a number one pick. Um, before that though, I was thinking about this, um, as we were getting ready for this pod, who, who do you think in the NBA would be the best GM? Ooh, 
I think oh it's easy goodness. for us to know who will be the worst GM because it's clearly LeBron <laughs> um, because we've seen it so many times. But um, I'm trying. Oh. I was trying to think like who would I who would I think would be the best GM, the best roster builder. I don't even know if LeBron would be bad. Um, I think people focus on when he has had bad teams, but like I said, he always has other All Stars or other like Hall of Famers on his team. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, some franchises like literally can't say that for like a whole decade long period. Man, hang on, I'm gonna really think about this answer. So if there's like a ton of dead space, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll t- I'll go ahead and tell you mine. I I think it it's got to go. It's got to be between Giannis and Jokic. I think that both of those guys would they just like know their strength enough to know exactly who it is around them and they wouldn't necessarily like want to bring in all the stars which is what I feel like LeBron has done he's he's like let me get the the all the star players as much as I can but Giannis and Jokic would be like hey let me get Chris Middleton out there hey let me get you know Aaron Gordon. Not that they made those moves, but I yeah. think that they're kind of in that in that mindset. Do you know who's like low key always been able to like talk dudes into coming to his team? He just like always has a good team around him, and that's Joel Embiid. Like I think mm. people like playing with him. Like yeah, I mean Tobias Harris, former All Star, Jimmy Butler. I mean he's he's always had like dudes around him. You know, like dudes who fit yeah. his style too. So and I feel like yeah, like you said, I think everyone has enjoyed playing with him for many reasons yeah. like, i think he's a i think he's a i feel like he's a likable teammate I've, i i just don't other than ben simmons like i don't think anyone has <laughs> like hated playing with him maybe like dwight like, howard <laughs> you always see dudes who've like left the sixers like after games like they always head over joel and beat and they're just like giving him like hugs and stuff like mm-hmm. jimmy butler like avoids guys in the philadelphia organization but he'll go find joel and beat after games <laughs> yep yep that's a good pick i love it all right Let's get into this draft. So, all-star games, all-star teams for this year. Ryan, you got the number one pick. Let's get it. All right. Got got the got to think about strategy here, right? Yep. I need offense. I need defense. And more importantly, I need the best player in the NBA. Give me Giannis. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy money. Easy money. Um, no, nothing Love else. It. I feel like saying you get you get so much out of this dude. He can kind of cover up for whatever deficiencies I have later on, as he does for his own team. You're yeah. on the clock. Cool. All right. I am going to take, I don't know if this is going to be a surprise to you, but I'm going to take arguably the best player in the league, maybe the second best behind your guy, Giannis. I'm going to take Nikola Jokic with mm-hmm. my first pick. It's a good pick. It's a good he's, pick. He's, he's not a, defensively, I could have, I could have went with Embiid, but, and, and, not trying to play my hand here, but I think Jokic would just gel everything together really well. No matter how many people, how many stars, how many dominant ball players or ball handlers are going to be on my team, I think Jokic would have handle handle it really well. I hope this isn't like our Thanksgiving food draft where you took like ham and turkey back to back and just left me with nothing. <laughs> you don't know. If you leave you leave me with ham, I might have to. Because it's like if I don't take Embiid here, and I don't want to. But if I don't take Embiid here, then you can take him. And then it's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to be starting Bam out of bio. Um, which, why is he an all-star? But anyways, um, you know what? I got I got to go with probably the one of the tougher position groups to like have 
consistent play at, uh, consistent high level play at. I'm actually going to go curveball, Jason Tatum. Ah, sneaky good pick. This, You're not scoring early. on this team, not at all. <laughs> that is a great. That's a great pick. I would have. I would have saved him. I was going to save him for a little bit if he had fallen to me, maybe fourth or fifth round. But um, yeah, that's, that's some some good. You're starting off with some good wing, uh, wing presence. Okay, do I? So here's the thing: Do I take MB just to keep <laughs> you from having him? I'll start um, Julius Randall at the five. I don't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see how the end of this draft goes. Um, <laughs> I am going to, you know what? Just because I want it to be fun, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Luka Doncic here. Ooh. I'm Little, not looking uh, good defensively, but <laughs> you're looking good to the white European community. <laughs> I wish Dirk was here. <laughs> oh, hey, Laurie Markinen. There you go. Oh, yeah, true. He's, he's available for you. <laughs> um, all right. Pick number three for my team. I got to play it safe. Got to cover my bases here. Taking Joel Embiid. There you go. There you go. All right. You probably have the best defensive team already. There's probably nothing I can do from here on um, mm-hmm. to, to to match you up defensively, at least with these these first three. Okay. I so I have Luca and I have Jokic. Um, I, I need a I need a defensive wing. Um, so I am going to take. You know what? Give me. Give me Paul George. Ooh. I want Paul George. Our first he's, non-starter. He's not, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not, you know, he's he's not what he used to be, but he's he's still a really good player. He's a good defender. I think I think there's there's been a lot of a uh, I've seen a lot of discourse about uh Paul George at his prime versus Tatum at his prime right now and you know who who is a better player. So, um maybe he'll have a little bit of that fire underneath him to to match up with Tatum. I think Paul George is like ninety five percent of his prime still. Like he is, yeah. he's still great. It's just you know Absolutely. the the games played is kind of the tough thing. Um, all right. So let me think here. I have got my four and five locked up. I've got Tatum at the three. I need some guard play here. I need some guard play. Um, locker room vibes would be thrown off by John Morant. <laughs> And by Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> I wish this stuff was playing in this all-star game. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, um, Steph and Katie being out is, a, is, is pretty huge. <laughs> I have beef against most of the Eastern conference reserved guards. You know, we're going good vibes. We're going for the all-time fun team. We're adding De'Aaron Fox. Oh, wow. <laughs> De'Aaron oh, Fox over SGA. I'm, I'm just kind of surprised. Oh yeah. He's, SGA, but, but the, Fox the, has got some good defense. So, listen, SGA, the non-thinking man's Jalen Brunson. Anyways, <laughs> all right. I am going to also choose a guard, and I'm going to choose um, who I believe is the best guard in the East, and that is Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He's going to be he's going to be my probably my two, unless I find a better two. I feel like I have a better two. Not gonna lie, if I hadn't skipped over his name, I would have drafted him. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Let me add one more guard to this rotation. Um, it's going to have to be one of the two of them. And I am going to... I, I just don't love Jaws' uh, jump shot. I, I don't like the consistency. I don't want to lose to you because his three's <laughs> just not falling that night. So I'm, I'm going to go Kyrie. Mm. It's, a, it's a weird lineup, but Kyrie kind of played the two guard when Harden was in Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be something. Yeah. Really sure. notable that we've gone eleven picks and haven't taken one of the two captains. <laughs> that's true. Um, well, I guess speaking of, I'm gonna take LeBron here with my next pick. Um, probably disrespectful because he's still he's still playing at an elite level, but um, you know, he, he he's old. But I guess that doesn't really change anything. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take LeBron. He's actually going to play my three. Um, so I'll have I'll have Luca and and Don in the in the backcourt. Luca gives you flexibility. Yeah, the reason I I delayed LeBron is because I I felt like with Luca and Jokic, two really good playmakers. Obviously, um, I felt like LeBron was kind of redundant. But at this point it would kind of be remiss to not take LeBron since he's available. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be passing that ball around <laughs> while my team is putting you in the torture chamber. <laughs> All right. Um, so basically going for a sixth man right here. We still have a couple. Looks like we have two of the starters remaining, um, which is very interesting that we didn't just – yeah, we both picked one non-starter for mm-hmm. our starting lineup. Um, you know what? Give me SGA coming off the mm. bench. That's points right there. That he is. He plays some good defense too. Very underrated. Gets a lot of steals. Absolutely. All right. So let's see. I've got Luca, Don, LeBron, Jokic, and Paul George. Oh, LeBron's gonna actually slide to my four. Um, I'm going to you know what? I need to I need to match up with your with your bench player in SGA with somebody who can put up some good points as well. And I'm going to go with Damian Lillard, who has had Ooh. a sneakily really good season. He it's kind of crazy that he hasn't been talked about as much, but he's actually playing really well this season. Yeah, it's a good pick. I was eyeballing him definitely. All right. Um... Man, so many different directions you can kind of go in here, team building wise. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, this is going to be unconventional, but you know what? When you've got when you've got Jokic on the floor, and I need to go toe for toe with uh, the off brand version, you know who I'm <laughs> going to send out? I'm going to send out my guy Demontis Sabonis. Mm. I'm pairing him back up with De'Aaron Fox. We got a little Sacramento thing going on here. <laughs> Shout out to Sacramento with two All Stars. Yeah, I love it. I love. It. I'm glad that Sabonis isn't isn't towards the the end of this because I really like Sabonis. Uh, oh yeah. All right. I am going to continue to beef up my defense, and I'm going to take. Ooh, who should I take here? I'm going to actually take. Continue. I'm going to take Jalen Brown. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> That was my next one. Yeah, I, I was in between him and, and one other guy who I won't say just in case. But um, yeah, I'm gonna take Jalen Brown here. I love that you said continue. 
he he will join uh, Paul George as your only other defender. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um. Well, sometimes you just have to go strategy and go best player available. And uh, best player available in my eyes is John Morant. I don't know how he's going to fit into this team. I have not taken a true number two. I have four point guards at this point, (laughs) but I'm going, I'm going John Morant. They'll figure themselves out. Oh yeah. Hey, SGA, SGA played, played two to Chris Paul in that, that one OKC season and they did pretty well. So true. And he does kind of play more of the two, I guess right now with Jalen Williams in the lineup and, uh, John's a very selfless player. You know, he'll stand in the corner and knock down a shot. You know, he'll he'll cut for to the basket off ball. He'll do all that kind of stuff. So it's the best kind of uh, seventh man on a team, John Morant. Yeah, and you're gonna have so many almost dunks um in your game on, on your team. <laughs> <laughs> almost as long as, Mich- <laughs> as long as Mitchell Robinson's not in this game to block him like eight times. <laughs> all right. Let's see. I'm gonna go with hmm. Do I do I beef up defense even more? Probably because I I don't have many good defenders. I'm gonna go with possible. Actually, no. I'm 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 shifting. I'm gonna go with Pascal Siakam. Mm. He can That's play. A good pick for your yeah, team. he can play four or five. He's he's a sneakily good good defender, and he can put up some good points. So I'm I'm a, yeah. I'm gonna go with Pascal. I hate watching my team play the Raptors. I don't know if you're this way, but like, like I've in my head convinced myself that Pascal Siakam's not that good, and then he'll just be like dominating a game. And oh it's yeah, like, what is happening? Yep. Um, we're getting we're really getting down to it. <laughs> I'm still leaving that last starter for you. I'm just <laughs> tipping my hand a little bit. He is all yours. Um, man. All right. This doesn't really make sense for team building. I don't really have any great wings coming off the bench for me yet. And I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> but um, I'm committing to you not scoring any points in this game. And I'm taking Drew Holiday, who should oh, not be an all-star. The, ex- I, I agree. <laughs> Weird all-star pick. He's, he's, he's even had better years than this year. And somehow he's an all-star yeah. this year. He yeah. did drop like 40 points a couple of days ago, though. Yeah, so. that's true. Shout out. Um, yeah, man. Wow. Y'all, you're going to look like the 2003 or four uh, Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Just absolutely locking up. All right. I am going to take who I believe is pretty easily the best player left. And that is Anthony Edwards. Mm. Who is injury reserve player but i think that he'll provide a good but a spark off my bench um next to dame oh that's actually that's actually nasty i like it it's a good pick it's a good pick um let me look at this got a couple directions i can go we got like three or four power forwards (laughs) just chilling that doesn't feel like a position of urgency i'm kind of happy with any of them I know you'll leave one of them for me. Um, <laughs> There's a couple in here that I want to leave for you. You know, that you need another point guard, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna turn into like my own personal KD situation. <laughs> Just be like, you know what? I uh, I got to go with one of my all-time favorite players. I need a wing. 
Uh, basically, all the other wings are gone. Um, I'm going to steal them from you. I'm taking my guy to Marta Rosen. Oh, happily. <laughs> if, this was, if this was like a couple years ago. Actually, if this was last year, I would be, I would be sad about that. But uh, he, I just think he's a cool dude. Yeah, Locker absolutely. Locker vibes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I am going to... I'm going to take Jaron Jackson Jr. here. I'm going to, you know, the uh, one of the front runners for defensive player of the year. He'll 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 make up for some some lost time defensively for my starting lineup. Oh yeah, oh yeah, makes sense. Um, looking at it, we have making sure I have the same right count. It looks like we have maybe four players left yep. by my count. And they are—they all do the same thing. <laughs> They're all kind of the same guy. Um, ah, man, I, I'll do it. I'm gonna take. Well, never mind. I'm, there's one other player who's not a power forward. Um, you know what? You know what you need sometimes, Keith. What do you need? You need a. Sometimes you just need a guy who uh, should not have handled the ball on a possession, but he's going to. And sometimes you need a guy who will pout and flip off the fans when they boo him for having a bad game. But you know what? He's the heart and soul, and he embodies the greatest city in the world. Give me Julius Randle ah, right man. here. Look at that. I'm taking Fourth that. from last. Not bad. Not bad. Ab- <laughs> absolute steal. Ruining your draft strategy. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be a fun team. Julius, he's not going to be happy about being your ninth or tenth man or whatever he is. Oh, absolutely not. His wife's going to tweet about me a lot. His kid's adorable, though. Um, So there you go. There you go. All right. So I am going to. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take the man, the last starter left. I'm going to take Larry Markinen. (laughs) It's about time. <laughs> no disrespect to Lowry. He, uh, we 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 love Lowry here at Deep Two. Um, so this is this is not not to disrespect him. There's just many other guys that I that I you know would take before him. But he's <laughs> he's going to provide some good scoring off my bench as well. Um, he's versatile. He can play he can play a couple of different posi- positions. So I like that pickup. Yeah, it's just he he just doesn't fit like any kind of team construction here at all. <laughs> all right. There's think two players left. Yep. So I'm, th- I'm looking at these two players and I'm thinking, uh, I probably need some size, right? Like <laughs> I need uh, someone who can defend the paint. Um, man, this is why I should not have said that both of these guys shouldn't have been all stars. And here we are, <laughs> you know, what? I, I need to go uh, one of my favorite Kentucky players of the last four years. Uh, give me Bam Adebayo. <laughs> there you go. That's a good descriptor. It's probably the only thing that you could probably say. All right. So that leaves me with um, a guy that I don't have beef with, but you do, because he took he took uh, Jalen Brunson's spot on this all-star team, is Tyrese Halliburton. That that's great. I love I love Hallie, so um, I'm good with that. All right, so let me just read the teams out, and we'll see. Um, well, I guess that y'all listeners can can let us know who you think won this this draft. Ryan 
your team consists of Giannis, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum. Uh, this is also not, this is just not in starter order or anything. Jason Tatum, John Morant, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, Drew Holiday, SGA, Dame. Oh, no, I'm Dave. And DeMontis Sabonis is your last guy. I think I got them all. And then oh, yeah. my team consists of Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Larry Markkinen, Nikola Jokic, Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards, DeMar DeRozan. No, you have DeMar DeRozan. That's the one I missed. You got DeMar. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Tyrese Halliburton, Paul George, Jewel. You have Julius Randle. Man, I've messed this up so bad. <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say. Yeah, I was like, you. I feel like I only named like eight players of yours. Triple J, Pascal Siakam, and Damian Lillard. So, if you were able to keep up with that, you listening, then uh, let us know who you think won this. I think I don't know. I know you got some some good some good defense, and you're you're probably gonna lock us down a good bit. But um, I, I might I might have some I might have some sneaky good uh, offense. We have a lot of guys who are really selfless and and pass the ball a lot. So you you will be like the 2014 San Antonio Spurs that just. You never, you never, we never shoot the ball. We just pass it, <laughs> we pass it like 10 times a play. <laughs> so, all right, people. Well, that's going to do it for our episode today. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be all-star weekend. So we're excited um, to cover that next week to see how that goes. It's going to, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, the, the thing that probably won't be fun is the dunk contest because there's literally a guy from the G league in it, but I think the rest of it will be will be pretty fun. So we uh, we thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you all next time. Shout out Jericho Sims. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Two Pod. That's Deep the Number Two Pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep 2.